0: Hi, I'm Sanford Green, uh, co-creator of the upcoming image series, Bitter Roots, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics.
1: Perfect. I like the new ambiance of the room.
0: Yeah, this isn't going to be the normal location. I'm in the dining room tonight. Um, which wing? In the uh, no, in the in the um, on the uh, port side. The <laughs> um, the the comic room slash recording area is not um, isn't isn't prepped yet. I need to get rid of that armoire and I probably which is where I normally record from and. Um, I didn't want to to keep my wife awake tonight because it's it's the way the room is set up so far. It's just it, it, it's not. This is your chance, you know,
1: this to is what? your chance to stake your claim and give no fucks like Snoop Dogg and say, woman, I'm recording, like Snoop Dogg. I, I'm, I'm recording. This is my night. I don't care if you're awake. You got your house. You got a new palatial estate. You got everything can't you want. Can't, can't you be what? Of your shop. You're not washing your hair in urine. So I, now I, I, I got a used
0: <laughs> book and music store around the corner. That's from my right.
1: House. We, we're going to get some good Christmas presents this oh, year. Good, Jason. good. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm banking on it. It's been a rough week
2: for you. It sounds like, huh? Yeah,
1: really hard week. Just oh, nonstop, nonstop.
2: Getting ready for the Christmas season. Yeah. Is that what you mean? The, like the yeah, war kind of Yeah,
1: capitalist scumbags. But when before. did the trees arrive after
2: Thanksgiving? <laughs> after Thanksgiving? No, actually before. Okay. Yeah. Then, then I'm gonna, the, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna murder a the Christmas
0: music on series? Uh,
2: oh, I've I, been cranking it, brother. Oh, me too, bro. And As of tonight, the Walmart to channel yep. uh, stations on right now. Nice. Downstairs. Yeah. Hey,
1: everybody! It's eleven o'clock. Comics episode <laughs> five hundred and seventy-two. <laughs> F that noise. And I am. Vince B.
0: Hey, welcome back. I am David A. Price. Hi. Hi. Hey, welcome back to
2: you, kind oh. sir, because you weren't here last week, but that's okay because I was, and I'm Johnny Mathis. Oh. A... Yeah. That's all right. You can be yes. Johnny Mathis. Let me tell you something. He is in the top five pantheon for me of Christmas
0: carolers. Agreed. Post oh, nine, 100%. Stamp it. Mm-hmm. Mail it. Cut the check. You know. Wow, it, that's,
1: a, that's a very complex process. <laughs> <laughs> Print it, really. Uh, uh, but you know what's not a complex process? Ordering what? discount comic book service. Amazing! <laughs> it's yes, like man. he's reading my damn mind. <laughs> ordering from discount comic book service dcbservice.com one more time dcb as in boy service one word dot com can get you the books that you want quickly and inexpensively the list is up and i'm doing the happy dance there are many specials this month but i have selected three for your perusal the first of which is from image comics i say these two names and what do you say joe casey and Benjamin Mara. You say, holy crap. Awesome. I don't care what it is. I got to have it. It is called Jesus Freak. One word. It's a hardcover. 17 dollars cover price. 50% off this month at Discount Comic Book Service, $8.99. The year is 26 CE. A young Nazarene carpenter is having some trouble adjusting to the violent world around him and finding his place within it. He knows he's different, but he doesn't know why. Not yet, anyway. A bloody, two-fisted tale of historical, heroic fiction brought to you by Joe Casey and Benjamin Mara. I have to order this. Of it looks. Course. It looks great. Uh enough said. Uh from Dynamite. We're giving it another go, this time under the the guidance of Ron Mars and Roberto Castro on Art. Castro is great. Covered by Bart Sears. Yes, it is the return of Turok.
0: Hey man, if you're gonna give somebody a cover to do. It's that, Bart Devite. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh three ninety nine cover price, your price one dollar ninety nine cents. And certainly not least, but they are turning up last. It's Dark Horse with written by Kurt Pyers, art by Antonio Fuso. It is weird, number one, W-Y-R-D. And the pitch is, there are problems, cases, too strange for U.S. law enforcement to solve. Peter Weird is the one who solves them. For a fee, of course. An unaging, invincible detective with a penchant for the strange. Weird is the one the government calls when things go very badly and very strange. Shades of Constantine, maybe, but we'll see. This issue, Crimea. A failed attempt at recreating a certain U.S. super soldier. A monster roaming the countryside. And a trail of bodies. Dun, dun, dun. 3 cover price. Your... Taking it home for a dollar dot DCBService.com. The very best. Nicely done. Thanks. I'm excited for all these books. And Peter Cannon Thunderbolt,
2: which Jason is not, not going to touch. <laughs> Skipped right over it. Oh, so good. I
1: loves me some Thunderbolt.
2: Damn, Skippy. Yeah. Makes one of us.
1: It's not nice. What are we... Uh, <laughs> What are we swallowing here?
0: <laughs> Let's
1: let Dap go first yes. because this is the first official show. Welcome wow. back, Dap. In the In the new dig, oh, okay. so you should go first.
0: Um, well, because we're still unpacking, I haven't cracked open anything um, uh, super important. But I figured this week um, there was some change, and I think for the better. So I am enjoying... Uh, some Newman's own common good with one hundred percent profits going to charity. This is a Cabernet Sauvignon from California and it is hella tasty.
2: Is that, that what do you say Roma- Newman's own? You mean like Paul Newman, like the salad
0: dressing? I, I the salad dressing, the popcorn, the yes, the whole nine. Wow. Okay. My man's making wine now. Oh I mean he isn't, but yes, his his, his not for profit is making wine. Wow! From ranch dressing to wine,
2: who Look knew? At
1: that is that room about fifty by fifty, right? It sounds yes. it sounds I mean,
0: gigantic. Just, the The ceilings are tall. I listen. I I'm not going to um, commandeer this. I just I I absolutely love this place, and and I'm just well enjoying the. Oh, that warms my heart. Area I'm in. So, um, I mean, it's not. We still have still have to put the dining room table together there's still some things and in, in boxes and nothing is really the things are hidden in the pantry and things like that but nothing's really been put away so we're still um, it, it it's not a fully furnished home there aren't nothing's hanging up on the wall so so the sound is really vibrating through this room and, and so it may it, it hopefully will sound for the better a little different next week but we'll see how things go
1: you need to appropriate my credo
0: who gives Jesus. a shit? Who gives a shit?
1: It'll get done when it gets done. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I I agree with that. But there are I I live with someone who she um she is not happy when things aren't where they're supposed to be, and she doesn't necessarily like coming into a kitchen where still um because I'm I'm trying to figure out where I want things in which cabinets. So, so there are things on the counter that don't need to be there that wouldn't be there during the day or at night overnight, and so. I have to. I have to tiptoe.
2: No, you just put that foot down. That's what you Hold on to. a second, Vince. i call him BS, dude. You you are a need freak.
1: I am. That's why I would be better suited with Renee. If I had a, <laughs> I if it. I had a woman that had everything in its place, man, she would be her her knees would be scraped because we wow. we we would be going at it 24 seven because I would love the hell out
2: of her. Lord, Yeah. Oh.
0: Okay. Yes,
2: I hate chaos in the household. Hate it. How about shout-out to old men logic? Dap, Dap gets a crew of young buck, strong-backed movers to move his shit, and they tell him, ain't no way we can get your couch up the stairs, with my dog. <laughs> Dap and his, and his equally old and grizzled but yet savvy brother get together. They mess with the angles, the geometry. They get the couch right up the fucking stairs. Well, there
1: that's how be. it works. The guys just didn't want to do it. They're like that's "That's what I'm saying. What they do? Touch it with their fingers? Uh, We can't do it. Oh,
0: we can't do this. I mean, granted, there were a there were a lot of boxes with some heavy fucking books that they were looking around, but that's what they were paid to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. Do
2: Do your job, right, right. Jason? What are you drinking? Uh, A new one. What this? A new one. It's called Hilt and Blade. I like it already. Yeah, it's a 2015. It's a red bridle from Napa Valley, California. eh?
1: And you are drinking that in honor of uh, Mahmoud Azrar, who is the current artist. Crushing it on the Conan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I see. I knew that. Yes, sir. Yep. And I'm going to drag everybody through the gutter because I'm drinking Pepe Mac. No, Mm -hmm. you're not. Yes, I am. I don't have have anything. No. Yes. Yes. I don't have anything.
2: Wow. It's recidivism
1: going on. That's one word for it. But not wow. uh, just drinking soda. I don't have anything of, of the grape. But I do have a thank you.
0: Oh, I do too. Go ahead.
1: Yes. Uh, Brandon Lee Archer sent me a, a message on the, the Facebook Messenger and he said, Yo, I, I got another book that um, it's just not for me, but I know it will be for you because I am sending it to you. And he did. It is Dorfler by uh, Jeremy Baum from uh, Fanographics. It's an oversized hardcover. Um mm-hmm. and it is freaky beautiful. I did not read it yet, but the uh style of illustration is very much to my liking. It's basically mm-hmm. monochromatic with a hint of uh blue on some pages, a little bit of red on others, and it is it's uh, a visual treat, so I can't wait to read it. So thank you, Brandon. And, oh, spot varnish on the cover. And uh, thanks for sending me this, and I will devour it very soon.
0: Nice. Yep. Uh, this would have um, segued nicely into Jason's thank you last week. Um, a few weeks ago, Christopher Hubble uh, posted in our Facebook group that he, uh, he found the 100-page comic giant Swamp Thing Halloween horror special at Walmart and um, because I couldn't find it um, maybe very 2% joking but mostly in all seriousness I replied I'll take one and um, like three days later before we moved there it was in my mailbox and I just want to thank him very much for that I have not had a chance to sit down and read yet it's still in the uh, the mylar he sent it in but um i i sincerely appreciate it so thank you so very much christopher
2: that's the sweetness
0: i'm looking forward to it
2: yep damn sending it in a mylar and whatnot he knows what's up yeah <laughs> that's right it's the comic book db and whatnot <laughs> go acid free or go home
1: word yep Sheet. let's get on to the comics because jason um said that he had about 8 million things to talk about this week. Dude, you know, it's
2: just one of those weeks. I like it. Sometimes you have a week, and it's always hard when it's the opposite, where you read a bunch of stuff, and it's mediocre to to not so hot, and you're thinking, oh, boy, what am I going to talk about? And then there are those weeks, and this was one of them, where every damn thing, whether it be fresh off the presses or old school, that I decided to dip into, I found to be delightful.
1: Cool. Uh you wanna start it off with the thing we all read?
2: Yeah, let's do that first. Let's let's do a little uh little, little threesome. Okay. Let's start it off
1: right. This week saw the release of a very highly anticipated book by someone who has been working more or less in the trenches since hitting the highs at uh DC on um mm-hmm. Batman and uh other books. But uh, we haven't seen much of Grant Morrison lately, uh, unless you count the India stuff that he's been doing, and his uh, editorship, so to speak, of uh, Heavy Metal, and um, what else has he been doing? The occasional text piece for Ahoy Comics, uh, but now he seems to be back in full form, fine form, on uh, The Green Lantern, number one, as I said, written by Grant Morrison, Gorgeously illustrated by Liam Sharp and uh Color Art by a name almost synonymous yes. at this at this point with uh comic book um color art. It's Steve Olaf. Yep. Um The Rundown. Wow. Uh I have to be honest, the first time I read it, I was like, okay, this is just more gobbledygook from from Mr. Morrison. But the art was the deciding factor, and I can't overlook something this beautiful, so I read it again, and I enjoyed it very much more the second Hashtag time.
2: Hashtag Samesies. Yes. First uh, time out, I read it. I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, man, this looks really good, but I don't know. This This is a lot of non sequitur. I'm not sure I'm following. But uh, after you said you read it the second time, I thought, Okay. Uh, I'm going to read it a second time, and I think you're right on all fronts. Yeah, Dap, did it
1: click initially for you, or did you have to give it another go around?
0: Um, no, I think it. It, I didn't need to give it a um, another go around. I did um, after I read it the first time. I kind of skimmed over it again just to uh, see if there was anything that really stood out to me that I wanted to make a note on. Um, but it it. Um, no, it, it, I, I didn't have a problem with it, and, and I'll probably explain why as we get into it later. But no, I, I thought, um, like you guys, I, at least after the second time, but I like you guys, I uh, definitely enjoyed what I read.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't see that coming. Really? Yeah, because Hal's a flaming asshole. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that that's been the norm for a while.
0: Right, I mean, yes. Yeah, that- okay, yes. <laughs> Here we go. He, he no no. See, this is not. I'm I'm approaching this, and and it's because of um of his girlfriend right at the start. Um, I'm reading this as if the new fifty two never happened. That 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 version of Hal who needs fucking help for a car loan. I'm I'm that. I didn't read that. So, read this. This feels like Morrison, especially with the 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 insurance salesman, the toy sales, Everything here, I'm reading it as a. We're picking up after after Denny O'Neill, and 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 actually beyond that, th- there are parts of this, and this is probably what really I mean, because because Morrison, Mar- as good as Morrison is. Not everything he writes, I am in love with. Morrison to me is not—he is not the reason I go out of my way to buy things. And this felt so much like Alan Moore writing Green Lantern, whether it was whether it was the Tales of the Green Lantern Corps quarterly, whether anything that had to do with Green Lantern at Alan—that's what it felt like. Like Morrison was doing. Not that he was trying to copy him. or 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 tip his hat it's just this i read this and what morrison was doing very much reminded me of the the lanterns and the guardians reading from the big book and telling the tales and and that's so this for somebody if you're a reader who's only been reading green lantern since New 52 or pre-flashpoint and um and maybe John Stewart or Kyle or Guy is, is your Green Lantern, and you're not. You know, Hal is a, a, a very conservative asshole. This this scratched all the, this 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 scratched that pre-crisis itch for me, and I'm talking about the original crisis when when Hal walked away and gave his ring up, and this this brought me back to that. So I will definitely be sticking with this for the time being. But I, I went in not knowing anything that's going on in the Green Lantern universe. And I finished the issue quite happy.
1: Awesome. Good to hear. The book certainly does hold up to the comics should be ridiculous scrutiny. Because it's very weird. Um it begins with um a lantern that's probably new, I'm not familiar with him. Um Maxim Tox. And he's the Green Lantern of Sector two oh one eight dot two or point two. And I, I think that's intentional twenty eighteen. The the yeah. the point two probably means something to Grant. Uh we'll probably find out later. But um and his partner Floozal Phlegm, mm-hmm. which is a super intelligent virus that is basically just a finger with, with a lantern ring on it. Um, and they are trying to thwart a group of space pirates who are attempting to steal a uh, a disc, a luck disc, from the luck lords of Ventura. You got a spider pirate, which I'm guessing is one of the Spider Guild, which is awesome that Grant is not forgetting his uh DC alien races. Mm-hmm. You got a forearm space beaver. Yeah, you do. And uh binary speaking death head looking cyborg, whatchamacallit, that wise cracks in between strings of ones and zeros. Um, the design on these brigands is amazing. But that's Liam Sharp. Like yes, he's yes. just he's outstanding. There there's one page in this book. That is so EC, my heart almost exploded in joy when, mm-hmm. when Hal is reaching in to Chrysalon's ship and you see all the inner workings in the ship and it's got that, that arc on it and it's just machinery everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's straight Wally Wood. It looks so close to Wally that it's, it's just amazing, but it has that, that sharp spin on it. it, it visually, the book is, is, one of the better things yeah. I've
2: seen this year. Um, and you were right to call out Olaf as well, because I think the colors are so vibrant and yep. such a key, a key to the book. Um, that first page. Holy crap. Yeah. It's it's just, it's incredible because it's easy for, and well, you're, you're the artist, but you, it seems like it's easy when you have that many colors all working on a page. It can very easily become muddled.
1: Mm, and, yeah.
2: and, uh that's, that does not happen here. So that is a, a deft touch. Right.
1: Working in tandem with Maxim Tox and Fluzel Flem is a crystalline lantern named Chrysalon, and Trilla True, an avian-like female alien who, at uh, very opportune times, lets out "barkark." Like Tring. she's basically a hot chicken. Um, yep. it and and that was the thing when she went "barkark." That to me said this is damn ridiculous, and this mm. is how it should be. For me anyway. Your 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 tastes may, may vary, but I like my comics balls out weird and, and that's what this was. Um so the lanterns corral the pirates, uh but their boss is still on the loose. And Tox chases the, the he follows the trail of the boss, um Commander Crack, uh but he pays for it with his life when an unknown Entity enters the picture, an antimatter-based entity that's very specific. Morrison slams that word down our throats a couple times in this issue. Antimatter. Um, so Tox is dead, and um, it, it this Commander Crack is working with the uh, Owen Controller Moo, who, if I'm my research bore fruit, is the leader of the Black Stars, which is a bastardization of the Dark Stars yes did you guys no, no. yeah the i guess the, the this guy came into um a, a very prominent role within the dark stars and he perverted it and now he has his own little group of of uh lantern-esque entity well you remember the dark stars right mm-hmm. but the, these guys are the black stars and uh there are they're holed up in this asteroid x thing Um, but this, this controller Mu or Mu is, uh, pulling the strings of this unknown entity all for something called the luck dial. And it's one of five artifacts or, or, um, pieces of machinery or it's one of five things that the controller needs to create this antimatter lantern, um, and while the uh, the pirates make a break for it, and they head for Earth, wouldn't you know it, right?
2: Mm, don't you know?
1: And uh, Hal is uh, Hal's on Earth, and he's he's just trying to be a regular dude. Um, he's got a, a fairly attractive girlfriend named Eve, but Hal is still impetuous and flies off the handle, and he's quick to anger, and he's he's like like Dab said, he's he's conservative and he, he, he has a very rigid outlook on things and can't hold down a job. Why bother, right? Um, and he's persona non grata to the Guardians and I guess it's been that way for um, a fair amount of time?
2: You're asking the wrong folks. None of us are all up to date.
1: Okay. Um, so Hal uh, bumps uglies with Eve and then he hits the road. <laughs>
0: Yeah, how about he, he, that? By the way, he gives right? her one
2: one last little bump, and then he's like,
0: "All okay, right,
1: I'm the, out
2: of here." Right in the middle of the woods. I mean, right in the middle of the desert. Yeah, just behind a bush. Just hey, it's cold that hit, night in the desert. Getting that bush behind the bush. Right, and she's kind of cute, you know. But kind of
1: cute. Yeah, I think she's she's attractive. No, yeah. I agree. I'm just saying, yeah. well, I'd just say kind of. Wow. Uh, and while Hal is on the road hitchhiking, he encounters a colony creature, a hive mind group wearing flesh suits, and he, he realizes that they're not from this planet by the way they speak, and he immediately realizes that, um, and he beats the tar out of them. I'm guessing these guys were stowaways on the space parrot's ship?
2: Yeah, it yeah. seems that way. It's a little weird. I'm yeah, not because, quite sure well, what they, the point of it was. but
0: he, um, Because he, Krystalon uh, says that um, they basically, or at least they said that it was it was when they crashed, it, they were his prisoner and uh three of the deadliest killers in the galaxy mm. so i'm guessing that's um, the space pirate. oh well that's also the beavers no yeah, the, he's yeah they're
2: yeah. talking about the, the yeah. three that are on the loose yeah. the beaver
1: but hal beats the crap out of them and he eventually finds uh chrysalon's down ship and chrysalon's he's he's embracing death he's like i'm done you know tell tell my my uh crystalline family that, you know, I love them and stuff. And Hals like screw that, you're not going to die. And and he helps him out and in doing so, he gets back in the guardian's good graces. It was so easy. Mm-hmm. Right? All you had to do was save another lantern. And boom. All right, Hals not so bad. That guy that destroyed everything at one time, he's okay cuz he saved a lantern. Um uh so new Oa. I don't know when this happened. Um, calls Hal back to the fold and he's reinstated, but I'm guessing he's not going to be the lantern of, of the, the earth based sector. He's going out into deep space, right? And he's going to be, as the, as the, the, uh, title of the covers or whatever says, he's going to be a space cop. Yep,
0: intergalactic lawman.
1: Inter- yeah, intergalactic lawman. Um, and they, the Guardian gives him the lowdown on the space pirates. Um, and in and while he, the guardians briefing him on this, he's like, you know what, that that book of Oa that we all relied on for so long, somebody dicked with it, they tampered with it, and they changed things and 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 tweaked it, and now it's not this uh, sacred tome that we we all hold near and dear. There's, it's not trustworthy anymore. We can't we can't go by what's in the book. So our our future's unwritten, but. I do know one thing: one of us is a traitor. Oh no! Um, and then we flash to Asteroid X, the home base of the Black Stars, and um, Controller Mew says he's got two of the five components necessary to create this antimatter lantern, and this this thing that uh, is all nasty and open and weeping fluids and. And half-formed, it looks a lot like Hal.
2: Yeah, it looks just like Hal. Yeah, yep.
1: And that's where we're left off. But
2: uh Well, they call it the Weaponeers. so I mean, referring right? To the and I'm, Weponeer I'm, Quad.
1: that's what I was thinking. But, but the that's the Weaponers of Quard, isn't it? I don't
2: think they're called the ears, No, they're Weaponeers. Weaponers of Quard. Okay, they're the ones who made Sinestro's ring, the yellow ring. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah. All well, right. Home, but it looks like he's dressed like a yellow lantern.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that's the tie-in. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pound for pound, um, Mr. Sharp is the leader of this show for me. I mean, I, yes, yeah. I, I enjoyed Morrison's story. It was uh, the second time around. It was fun and and rambunctious and, and overblown, as one would expect from Mr. Morrison. But the art, oh, good God. The art's impeccable. There's a, There's one or two pages that I don't think are up to Liam snuff, and that, unfortunately, those were the preview images we saw for mm-hmm. this book. When, he, when Hal chants the oath, again, be, you know, Green Lantern's Light, I don't think that's a great page. Mm-hmm. And that's the page that they were really pushing. They yeah. should have used the first two or three pages because they're remarkable, or, mm-hmm. or any other page but those. But it's just, it's a visual extravaganza. It's just amazing. Like I can't praise it enough. It's there there are uh there are panels that when Hal's punching the, the, the collective uh aliens, his body language, the way his hair's flowing, his muscle his his musculature, it musculature. looks like it looks like Frazetta.
0: It looks like There's yes, I I see Frazetta, I see um some Mark Schultz, I see um there's some lines here that remind me of even Steve Manning. There, there's a yeah, like I don't like this. Doesn't this isn't Death's Head Liam Sharp? This isn't you know the Liam Sharp that I would have read in the '90s, and I I really really like this. I, I like this um, this this just throwing tons of lines on pages that all. It all serve a purpose and, and connect to things. And it's not like it's, it's speed lines or kinetic everything. It, it's, it really is a, um, it, your eyes, your eyes take in so much, but he's, he, he lets your eyes rest on, on spots. And it's just, yeah. It, yeah. it really does. It, it, he and grant seem to work well together. I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a 2000 AD book, pretty much. I mean, all of these guys were 2000 AD guys.
1: Yeah, that's not a, a, a dig, either. That's, I mean, you're, right. you're among the best. No, I'm, right? I'm not digging it. No, no I either. know. No, I know. Well, i was I'm just, just stating a fact. I'm right, for this. the listeners who don't know what 2000 oh, oh, AD yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a circular motif going on on some of these pages that I think uh, Sharp has a canny sense of design as well as illustration, too, because mm-hmm. you can be a great draftsman, and still suck on the page but the the progression of these pages it there there looks like there's a master plan going on here too
2: right yeah
1: it's amazing yeah, i was an auspicious first issue yeah yeah i've loved sharp for a lot of years i mean anybody associated with spawn gets uh major props in my book but, um, testament. I mean, I can go down the list of everything he's worked on, and I love it all.
0: But mm-hmm. S- I, I found amusing is that the title of the book is The Green Lantern, even though there's more than one Green Lantern throughout the entire book. And, uh, it's Hal gets the the treatment, whereas even though he's mm-hmm. the Batman, it just says Batman on the Groverized right, Comics. Right. Um, well, no. I'd
2: say leading up to this, that his intention was to focus on it being a cop procedural. That was his plan. For yeah. The book. And it, it now absolutely. this book didn't, now I, I'm wondering if he's pulling a gaze on us. Cause I don't know that I felt that this was a procedural, um, at least in the first issue. No, but.
0: that's, yeah. I think th- this is one of those instances where I, I, I would normally say, um, this would have benefited with more pages or a double sized issue. This, this, it didn't feel like, the traditional things, what I would call a zero issue or free comic book day issue, but it's, it doesn't feel like it, with, with all of what you're expecting and based on the cover blurbs and things like that, I, I would have expected more of a, um, not so many teases throughout the issue, especially at the end of the, at the end of the first issue. Mm. Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think with Morrison, you got to give him an arc, not an issue. Yeah, I agree. You know, because yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's going to seg into the the police procedurals, and this may be what passes for police procedurals to for Morrison. I mean, we've yet to see what's going to happen, whatever, whenever this initial story wraps up, or at least this part of whatever story he's going to tell wraps mm-hmm. up. But I, no, I, I. I For right now, I'm just gonna hold back a little bit uh, and not try and check off boxes because I haven't been in the Morrison groove for a while, and I don't want to unfairly tilt my perceptions in either direction. You know, I mean, I just want to take it Mm. for what it is right now and see where he goes, and then at the end of whatever six or eight issues, then we'll see. Uh, But I will probably buy whatever, hopefully hardcover, when this comes out because of the artwork. So I can, I can pull back on the story for the sake of beautiful visuals, and that's exactly what this is. And this this Frank Quitely cover, Jesus, yeah, like the the mm-hmm. dude's inhuman. He really is. I was going to use that for the the uh, episode image, but I changed my mind
2: okay
1: yeah it didn't work well within the um the uh, proportion of the, uh, mm-hmm. the image yep a uh, gigantic um accolades for this thing so I far so. so far Yep. Yeah. yeah as long as mr sharp stays on the book one if if we get to like issue four and there's already a fill-in dude i don't know i'm i'm I don't know. It, depending on who it is, obviously, but, right? It'll yeah. Exactly. I, I mean, if I, they uh... get Capullo to fill in on issue four, then I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm.
0: I was quite. Um, it made me smile that much more seeing uh, Tom Moyskowski as letterer. Yes. Yep. Is he still lettering Spawn? You betcha. Nice.
1: Jason Serran Alexander still drawing it. Thank the Lord. You know this. Yeah. No, this is good stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Indeed.
1: And Eve kind of looks like Laura Palmer in that one panel. <laughs> Which, yeah,
2: I hope that doesn't mean anything. But Yeah, if I had one... The, the book... I, it, I felt she was drawn to look a little bit... Uh, like she was kind of done up like she was from the 90s. Like the hairdo and the look, but... But that's yeah. fine. She was, she was
1: still hot. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't really pinpoint a time frame, unless I mean the car. Yeah, is is a it's a contemporary vehicle. But yeah. other than that, when Hal and then there's the jet. But when when Hal is is on Earth, even his clothing, it, it has a like a fifties kind of edge to it, or you know it's just it's rugged even the the guys he runs into there's no markings or uh brand names or anything there's no indication on their clothing like what time period these these clothing are from it's it's all pretty i don't want to say generic but i want to say timeless because mm-hmm. you really can't pinpoint even the the uh the older couple in the car yeah the woman's got tattoos which Lends us to believe a woman of her age with tattoos. Yeah, this is happening right now. But the car looks, looks vintage, right? It does. So I, I like that too about it. Keeps you guessing. And I giggled when he dropped sixteen tons. On, yeah. On sixteen yeah. tons, what do you get? <laughs> mm-hmm. So you could definitely you know that Morrison was thinking that. Why would he pick sixteen tons?
2: But of course.
1: Yeah. So yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Not, thanks, Grant.
2: Yeah, Grant, welcome back to the World of Superheroes. It's good to have you. Keep it up. Please.
1: So what else Keep we got, you. Jason? You you, you you uh said 8 million, so you better start now and, and just let go. Release.
2: I got something that um, I really enjoyed yeah. and I say that with the context of I think both Dap and you would enjoy it even more than I did. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, because it's more in, it's more from a genre standpoint up your alley, um, and uh, but but oh, but I loved it, uh, and that is uh, from what was published by Image Comics. It is uh, the Red Hook, Volume One, New Brooklyn, uh, by Dean Haspiel. And this was or I should say is a webcomic published on Line Webtoon, which if you don't know about Line Webtoon, um, Line is a South Korean Internet company that is massive, like major, major sized, massive company in Asia. And they are becoming, if not already are, the largest purveyor of uh, webcomics. They, the, which are very popular in Asia. And they, from what I understand, had the most booming party at New York Comic Con, uh, by the way, Line Webtoon. It was the hot ticket. Um, but regardless of that, Dean started publishing The Red Hook in 2016 on Line Webtoon and won the Ringo Award for Best Web Comic last year uh, for this. And this is a collection of, I think, the first 26 uh, webcomics in collected form. Um, but it is, in Dean's own words, a his love letter to Silver Age pulp and superhero comics. Damn. Yeah, and the Red Hook, the book's aforementioned uh, title, is also the name of the hero. Uh, his name is Sambrosia, like Ambrosia. Mm. And he is a uh, a thief, And he is uh, doing his thing, just uh, getting in where he fits in, stealing what he needs to steal to to live. He's uh, partners in crime with his uh, girlfriend, the possum, who looks like Catwoman, only with a little bit of a possum bent to her costume. By the way, Dap, uh, down with the swirl. Nice. Sam Sam is uh, is white and and, uh, the possum is uh, Ava is black. And they're just doing their thing, you know. They're like they're successful cat burglars, or what have you, and uh, not 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 evil, right? Just just stealing to steal, but not not you know not uh, violent or, or murderers or anything like that. And uh, but through through a, a kind of a green, it's a nice segue, kind of a Green Lantern esque segue, more of the Kyle Rayner variety. Um, the Green Point, which is another. All the characters in this are are not so Brooklyn, I should mention. So the Greenpoint, who is the Green Lantern or the Superman, like the alpha hero of this world, is dying. And he has to impart his mystical source of power to someone else before he dies to carry on the torch. And he is drawn to the Red Hook. And he knows the Red Hook to be a thief. And he pulls one of those, oh God, I can't believe I'm giving this to you, but it is what it is. And he imbues the Red Hook with the omni-fist of altruism. And mm-hmm. essentially it is a, a hand that goes – a mystical force that goes inside of your heart. And it's basically a, a clutching, grip, gripping hand around your heart. And the way it works is if you don't do good, if you don't save the people that need saving around you, it squeezes your heart and it's going to kill you. So it forces Sam into becoming a hero um, – against his 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 will. He's he's not naturally heroic, but it forces him into becoming uh Brooklyn's top hero. And uh and then hijinks ensue. He he battles a bunch of different narrative wills, Um and uh it, it's it's a lot of fun. There's there's like um his mom is uh <laughs> his mom is uh is named the Coney and she's this heavy set Older woman who's like the Punisher. She's a crime <laughs> fighter, but she basically goes around <laughs> killing everybody. And uh, and and his girlfriend is is having a little bit of issue with the fact that he's a, a superhero now because you know she's trying to get her her thievery on and and all that good stuff. Um, there are other villains um, that have um, Brooklyn esque names like Bunker Hill. Uh, is the crime boss and, and, you know, a little clever, kitschy things like that. But, but the, the underlying premise of all this, which is pretty neat, is, um, that Brooklyn has, is a sentient land. And because of how fucked up our world is, it secedes, like actually secedes. It physically removes itself from the rest of the United States and creates a mile long fissure that, Create so Brooklyn is its own separate sovereign place now, and this is Dean's idea to create this this world, New Brooklyn that he's going to have lots of stories to tell, and uh, it, it's it's the conceit is that it's a place where uh, the creation of art is the primary uh, driver of the economy, and art is used to barter for things like food and other things that you need. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of social commentary on Dean's part. Um, i mean, Yeah, no, I know. And, 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 uh, I probably don't need to explain to you what Dean's art looks like. He's been around a long time, but if you aren't familiar, um, he's got a very, very clean line. I would say for, if you don't know what he looks like, you think some kind of combination of Paul Pope and shaky Kane, Um, but, but, also he he is uh excellent with the use of line work in the sense that the page isn't overcluttered with detail, um, but it, it you know he he's he's in that that somni school where he puts just enough lines on the page to convey the story, mm-hmm. and it looks beautiful and it looks crisp and clean. Uh, the colors are on point, very very pulpy, um, lots of gray tones and then pops of color. He he as you might imagine, he's his costume's red. Um but each each character has just kind of one primary color that is their main driving color and it just pops against the the, the, the grayish tones of the rest of the page. Um and you just get a collection of different adventures that he goes through and, and there's definitely an arc through the through the through the through the story. I, I won't I won't give away the, the the major arc or the conclusion, but but he comes into his own. You know, he, he evolves from the start of the book from this uh silly carefree cat burglar to uh, someone who has to deal with the weight of being the, the major hero of this, this land that is focused on the good and the artistic and, uh, and wants to relish in, in, in what makes, makes the world special and and not all the fucked up stuff that goes on. So it's very lighthearted. Um, You know, again, there's not a lot of, 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 this isn't a dark book. This isn't, uh there there isn't rape or murder or it's 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 mostly silver age stuff he it, it's him stopping people from stealing things or or there are people that have plots to do bad things but 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 he stops them well before they do any damage that kind of thing um and from what I understand, this is the first collection it's a collection of the first series. He's done a second series on Line Webtoon, which has not been solicited yet for collection. And he's just about to start on Line Webtoon, I believe, in the next few days, the third arc of The Red Hook. He also has companion stories for the series. So it's a bit of an expanded universe called The Purple Heart and The Brooklynite, which I know next to nothing about because I haven't read those stories. But this was absolutely charming it was probably the pulpiest thing that i've liked in a long time um and i think you both would adore it so i would commend it to your attention um the red hook volume one new brooklyn dean haspiel and the nice thing is for you listeners if you are into the web comics you just go to webtoons uh, google webtoons red hook and you can read all of this for free you don't need to buy the book I mean, I would love for you to buy the book and show your love to Dean. But if you're don't if you're into the web stuff and you just want to try it out, you can try it out before you buy it. Sweet, it's great, man. It's great.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it it's Haspiel,
2: so yeah, it's great. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but like Haspiel is a very talented dude, but I wouldn't say he's a household name, right? I mean, how often have we talked about him in all the years we've done the show, right? I would say
1: more than you are thinking. Yeah, because I mean, the alcoholic. Yeah, but uh, that's that you know one, what, Billy six, Dogma. Seven years ago? Yeah, he did the Fox for Archie. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked yep. about him not at length, but Dean's right. Dean's a
2: monster. He's he's very good. And um, the I, Alcoholic's I, an amazing book. By the way, yeah, the book I mean, we we talked about it probably seven or eight years ago. So, but it, it's that is a great book. I
1: tend to catch up with Dino. Later, rather than sooner. Like I, I adore mm-hmm. his work; I buy it all. But for some reason, I'm not current with his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do catch up, but and now you've you've given me a reason to to go get this. And and how much is this book? Is it a hardcover or a trade?
2: No, it's a trade. It's it's uh, it's 17.99 cover price. Oh, cheapness for about 180 pages. Nice. Yeah. So I'm figuring. I, I don't have it offhand handy, but I'm assuming it's something like nine bucks on in yeah. stock or DCBS, right? Yep, yeah. works for me. Mm. Getting it? Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty awesome,
1: <laughs> and I like it. It it greased the machine for the pulp for you. So pretty soon you'll be reading the <laughs> Shadow and and <laughs> oh, Doc Savage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, psh, I'm on it. You're down with Spider.
2: It, I got some eBay bids in for first for first editions of uh, of Doc Savage novels Woo-hoo. right now. Well, that's
1: kind of silly, considering you can read it all for free. So I'll show you where to go.
2: All right, it's nice. I think it's it's public domain. Any sillier than buying this book when you can read all of them for free on websites? That's that's different. Okay. The,
1: you know, little pieces of of type all string uh, strung together is not as compelling as owning a a Dean Haspiel illustrated book hmm Right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I don't know if I said it right. The uh, the, the, the crime boss's name is Bensonhurst. Is that what I said? I don't remember if I said <laughs> but But uh, there's also a character called the sheep's head, which is funny. Love it. Yeah. Nice. Figured you would like all that, all the the, the, the burrow talk. Yes. All that nonsense. How could you not like it? <laughs> <laughs> and you got to go ruin it at the end. No, it was really, it was fantastic.
1: Sweet. Mm-hmm app vince come on you you got some catching up to do let's hear what
2: you're reading seriously the the, the listeners are dying they haven't heard from you
0: dying um well this is something vince might be into yeah uh, actually well i don't know because i watched your video so i don't know how much reading you did um so for those who aren't aware um Vince did an unboxing video Ugh. of his DCBS box. Ugh. I hate that term. Uh, I do, too. <laughs> I do. And, um, it, it, but it is he, what uh, it is, though, right? He it, opened up his parcel that arrived from DCBS, and uh, the wrong earth was in that box. Yeah, it was. And I caught up with uh, issues two and three oh, today, boy. and I don't think Vince did. Not three,
1: no, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, But it's, it's, uh,
0: as much as I enjoyed the first issue, it's a story that really keeps getting better. Mm. I, I, it's, and it, (laughs) the, the earth alpha, uh, residents are just so campy and corny, but not, not, not groan inducing. They don't make you roll your eyes, but it's, (laughs) it's. You may even say it's cute, but it's it's um, because at the end of the first issue, we're left with a cliffhanger, because Dragonfly Man is shot and looks like killed, um, but that's not. It'd be a pretty short series if that were the case, so um, They explain what happens, which is completely ridiculous, mm-hmm. but you roll with it. And um, and while that's going on, we're still on Dragonfly from Earth Omega, who is on Earth Alpha. Um, he is um, he's, he's he's taken aback by the people in charge and uh, who on his Earth um, were a uh, the president of, of a bank who um who didn't do something um didn't play nice, I guess we'll say he he uh he, he he is shown um in a flashback as as being led away in handcuffs and the um and the mayor looks as though uh he enjoyed um some underage children back Aww. on yes. dragonflies uh Yikes! Home Earth, but the um, well—they are trying to paint that Earth as scummy. Yes, as as I mean, as 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 goofy and silly Earth Alpha is. They they are. Um, it's you know, uh, Tom Pyre is is going hard body on making sure that Earth Omega is a complete one eighty and. Um, there's nothing really it's it's Watchmen cranked up to 11 there there was there's very little redeeming um with the residents of um of this of this earth but we um the second issue i said it 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 picks up exactly where the first issue left off um the two um millionaires in their alter egos are trying to get an idea as to what's going on on these two earths. They they're, they're aware that, uh, they're not back home or this is some, some, uh, some ne'er do scheme to throw them off balance. This is, this is really what it is. Um, and number one is bound and gagged in on earth, Omega, um, and the number one from Earth Omega, who's on Earth Alpha, um, is wreaking havoc and, um, definitely playing up his, his murderous tendencies and, uh, Stinger who, well, we know Stinger is, is alive on Earth Alpha where he lives, uh, the Stinger on Earth Omega is no longer with us, and um, in the third issue, we get a quick little snippet as to why he is no longer with us. Um, we
1: didn't even get a chance to call in to decide whether he lives or dies.
0: We didn't. We didn't. <laughs> so, I, I don't know what it would cost to call Earth Omega anyway. But the <laughs> um, but the third issue is uh, I'm not going to go deep on that, but it it just you know this is basically it it's all happening really quickly like nobody is really like this all the events from the first couple of issues all take place like overnight so so nobody's really it's not a week later things are moving pretty quickly and um it's it's adding some some drama and and some tension to the story because nobody is is just sitting on their hands waiting for something to happen everybody everybody's being um everybody's trying to do what what they need to do to to get back home or to write things and it's just you really don't get a chance to rest in it and and all all for for the better of the story I think we're not uh it's it, the 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 and the mayor and the bank president are so so dumb because there is a um the 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 big bad in the third issue is someone called uh, Triviac, who um, basically like the Riddler. And he, um, he left a clue for Dragonfly Man to find him. And um, the clue is, what popular movie musical directed by John Huston is based on a comic strip by Harold Gray? Wow. Jeez. And these two idiots are like, oh, he's such a vicious baffling it's a conundrum and there's actually a a a club slash restaurant it's a it's an exclusive supper club named after the woman that this comic strip is it's just but he so, so triviac shows up to and and his um his his whole plot is that he uh he will because it's trivia night, he will answer the questions, the trivia questions. I mean, he doesn't have he doesn't have the heroes crew with him, so I don't know how well he'll do answering these trivia questions. But every question he doesn't answer, one of his henchmen will kill somebody, someone in the supper club. So uh, when Dragonfly shows up. Because the mayor and the president of the bank uh really are looking for his help. And and meanwhile Dragonfly is trying to tell them, Listen, you have you have a murderer on your streets because his number one is walking around on Earth Alpha. Um and he's like, you know, we have to stop this person. And they're like, No, 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 we have to take care of Triviac first. And and don't worry, number one is in prison where, you know, you 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 sent him last night and um Dragonfly is like all right fine i'll 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 take care of your little problem if it'll help you people if if you people work to 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 get this killer off the streets and he shows up and um dispatches triviac which i'm not going to say how but it it's just it's it, 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 this is one book where i would think Based on how people react to what's going on that it 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 would feel maybe forced or silly and and it kind of doesn't I don't know how the hell pyre and Jamal and what they they make this work and it's it's so good and i it, it's weird man I don't know it's it's one of those things where it it's it's this is why. I enjoy reading comic books because you can come up with a story like this and these two characters are at such extremes on either end of the spectrum but mm-hmm. on these on and in this book on these pages it just it 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 clicks it works and, and I'm I'm really thankful for that. So well, yeah. if,
1: if you were in the room when they were pitching this story you'd be like that doesn't sound interesting at all. You know that that's that's just silly. I mean, that that's hasn't that been done? You know, right. but but when you when you experience it on the page, it feels fresh and it feels new. Right. And and that's they, it exactly.
0: Right. And, yeah, you have preconceived notions because of 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 you know crisis on Earth too, and you have all these other reasons. This this is a premise that has been done before. So just playing it in your head as they're explaining it to you, whatever you were thinking. It, this this blows any expectations you had
1: right, away. and and they pull at your heartstrings bet- because Dragonfly Man definitely got the mm. shitty end of this stick because he is this stalwart Silver Age do gooder who just plays by the rules, and <laughs> he's thrown into this Earth Omega when it's it's just a shithole. Mm-hmm. So so you have this this being of purity thrown in with all the swine and it's just it it he it's hard for the man but then you have dragonfly who is pretty despicable on on a lot of levels and he's in this this happy relatively happy-go-lucky uh earth and he's like he doesn't know what to do he's like why are i'm just shoot you in the face you know, mm-hmm. It's great. In the face. Right? In the face. No, it's and and I gotta it's uh Jamal's best work of his entire career.
0: I think I would agree with that.
1: Yeah. And let's not forget Juan Castro, who's Seriously. doing an he's I was doing
0: a
2: shout out our boy. No,
1: he's yeah. doing an amazing job on the embellishing on this book. It looks phenomenal. hmm Yeah. Yep. Total sleeper. The, uh, Came out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Yep. And the backups, there's a um the third issue has another um Stinger backup with <laughs> the Spectre of the Sidekick Museum. But the second issue, um, there's a backup of Dragonfly Man and Stinger where they take on NIMBY. Yes. Not in my backyard. <laughs> and uh and, and it's it's all about trying to block progress, but it was it was it was cute. But yeah, no, definitely. Um that's all funny and stuff. It is all so funny and stuff. But uh Ahoy oh, hey, Comics man, they they they, they ain't playing.
1: We will have an Ahoy Orama this episode. Nice. Oh boy. Yeah. Hell yeah. How's about that? But first, mm-hmm. I got something I have a, a somewhat of a theme going on, and I didn't plan it this way. Um I read Midnight Mystery number one. It's written and illustrated by bernie gonzalez it's it's pretty much a one-man I don't show this. Yeah, it's he's a i have no experience with this man but after this book i will make sure to follow whatever he chooses to do after this and it's published by alterna
2: comics wow that's uh you're dipping into the very controversial alterna waters huh i like their books i like their books a lot no, i know you do it's just it's a bold move to openly support them right now i don't care I thought this book was... I, I'm yeah. not saying you care. I'm just I'm making the, the editorial comment.
1: And, and when you hear why, I, I enjoyed this book so much, it'll be very apparent to you. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this is a no-brainer for me. Um, it's a four-issue limited series. Cover price, $1.50. Full color, printed on newsprint. Here, here's the rub. You got a detective. Uh, his name is Zeke King. And uh, Mr. King likes to record his thoughts on the mysteries of the universe on a reel-to-reel tape recorder. Just to remind him, he says, he's got stacks of reels in in the area that he does his recordings. He he, he gets his thoughts down on reel-to-reel tape to remind him, to, to, to keep the, the notions fresh in his mind. But then later on... In the the comic, he gives a tape, a reel-to-reel tape, to someone, and we're not told why yet he's actually doing this. I I don't buy the fact that he's just recording these things uh, for his own benefit, because judging by how many reels he has, if he ever, he, he almost never listens to them. He can't, because there's just hundreds of reels in this room, and if you're recording them, you ain't listening to them, so what's the point? But... That's not made clear yet. So he, he likes to get his thoughts down and he's talking about the soul and the afterlife and God and what, you know, all this stuff. And, um, he, he's offered a case, uh, by one Jasper Jennings. Now, Mr. Jennings is a Butler on a sprawling estate in, uh, an area that Zeke calls the blue blood row. He's like, it's, it's, I'm glad I got a case, you know, uh, uh with the muckety mucks for a change because I'm usually in the gutters. And, um, Jennings is kind of like the Alfred to a man named Roland Blackwood. This guy's uh, special. Uh, Blackwood was an actor that made a sizable amount of money as a horror host, a TV horror host. He, he, he tried to be a legit actor, and it didn't go anywhere. And some say he had a, a burst of, of creative uh, inspiration from somewhere. Some say he went nuts. Um, from the stress, he just cracked. Uh, so he he created this horror host character called Count Karloff, and he and he had the midnight theater where he would host the movies I I love so much, right? And um, he uh, he got very popular, which led to uh, a modicum of fame, which led to a string of ladies. This guy embraced the notoriety, and he he did it uh, in front of and both behind the camera. So he had a lot of lady friends, and um, Jennings tells uh, King that one of those relationships produced an heir, uh, one that he'd very much like to find. So he hires King to find Blackwood's son. So King gets on the streets and he's sniffing around, doing his due diligence. And opinion on Blackwood varies. Um, His makeup man loves him, thought he was a great guy. His agent thought he was a scumbag. Um, Past uh, conquests think he's a a jerk and a heel. And and other people just, you know, they thought he was great. But he finally gets a a crack in the case when um, he's informed of a red-headed lady love uh, that Blackwood had, one that shared the, the same love of bad or, as Mr. Lobo says, misunderstood cinema. This this gal was named Amelia. And sure enough, Amelia gave birth to a boy, and King finds him. And this teen is named Conrad Crane. And the, the boy wants nothing to do with uh, dad's money. This kid came up with uh, just as his mom's uh they they scraped and they they worked and they toiled to get where they were and it's not all that far ahead um you know they don't have much and he's like I did it by myself this far and and I'll do it by myself uh to the end and but uh king eventually uh, convinces them to like let's just let's just hear what Jennings has to say let's go see this dude y- you you are now the the owner of a sizable estate you got lots of money you don't have to do it alone anymore. Let's just go see what's up. So he's like, All right, we'll go, we'll go see. So, so the, the Jennings schedules a meeting in one of Blackwood's giant greenhouses. So, uh, they get there and after the pleasantries, Jennings steps aside and you see a mummified skull on a, on a, 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 a diaz type thing. And he's, they're like, What the frig's going on? and jennings says uh mr blackwood is neither dead um nor buried and he puts on a gas mask and fills the room with friggin noxious fumes and king and colin or conrad go down and that's where the the issue ends so you're setting me up with a horror host with a shady past and he's surrounded by all these bad movies, and you're tugging at my heartstrings, and then you inject some kind of weird ass mystery, like what the hell's going on at the end? It's it's a lockdown, and that when I tell you who the art looks resembles, I think you may be in too, because it looks a lot like Michael Chirkus from Silent Invasion. Mm. Ooh! By way of like say J Bone. Or Darwin Cook, like it's, I, I'm saying Darwin Cook, but I'm, please, it's not Darwin Cook. There are shades, the spirit of Darwin Cook is there. But its mm-hmm. it, it's got this distorted, not extremely so like Cherkis, but there's a distortion going on. But there's a, an economy of line like a J-Bone or a Darwin Cook. And it's its very noir, uh, very limited palette on the colors. I just, I, I ate this issue up. The design for Count Karloff is amazing. He looks like like a uh, um, something out of the the '60s horror hosts. It's just it's just perfect, and and this Bernie Gonzalez cooked it up all himself. And like I am so in. It's a how'd di- you discover it? Well, it's an alternative book. So when when oh I you're s- just
2: yeah you're always paying
1: attention. Click okay. click 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 click. I just I get them all. Okay, but um, it it's a buck fifty an issue. If you get it on DCB service as they're solicited, it's a dollar five. So this four issue limited series will cost you a little bit more than a single Marvel comic. What do you have to lose? Just try them. Right. That's what I think. I mean, if I, if I order a series and it, it's not all that good, it's only costing me like four bucks, five bucks. Mm-hmm. So I don't really care. Yeah. Um, yeah, the these alternative books, they're, they're good. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're very good. Um, they they're not a lot of them aren't ready to compete with Marvel and DC sure but that's not what i'm looking for i'm looking for indie underground styled artists i'm looking for genuine love on the comic page just doing it to make comics not to to sell books because let's be honest these alterna books while they're not they're not hurting they're not selling you know tens of thousands of copies uh, but that's not the reason to read them either you know the 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 reason to read these things is just it's just it's genuine love based sequential art and storytelling it's it's they're 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 um they've wowed me so i mean go. if you're looking for something a little different, check out midnight mystery. It just came out um i think last week, the first issue and um when alterna eventually collects their stuff in trade i don't think they're more than ten bucks. Ten, twelve bucks a pop, so even with the discount you're still you're making out on these things. midnight mystery number one Inves- investigate yeah and Don't you'll, hate you, investigate you can see some some very limited uh preview art for this in the gallery that accompanies this episode on our eleven o'clock dot com uh click on the episode uh header for this five seventy two and you will see artwork from green lantern and and the wrong earth. And uh, Midnight Mystery and all the things we talk about, you, you get visual and uh, Dean Haspiel. You get visual Ooh. information on on what we're talking
2: about. You need it. Needs it. Yeah. Speaking of needing it, what what? I I think I think the the uh, the Padawan has become the the Jedi Master here. Oh, in shit. that a book I read way after y'all were on it. I think I am now ahead of you on this book. Which is by Lion Forge, part of their magnetic collection. You are, yeah. Infinity 8 Volume 2, Back to the Fuhrer. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. since I know you both love this book and are not through this volume, I won't, I won't give a detailed synopsis of it. But I will say I did read Volume 2. Yeah, A couple things about it. It's a, it's a fantastic hardcover. They have rounded edges on art, mm. which yeah. just turns me on. Yeah, I, I love yep, yep. that so much. Uh, <laughs> I have our business cards at work are rounded edges, and uh, it, it I think it's a nice little distinct just stands mm-hmm. out. Um, written as the I think the whole thing is by Louis Trondheim. Different artist though this time. This is by Olivier Vatine, and uh, I would imagine most of our listeners recall our many episode love for the first volume but the premise is eight agents, eight missions, eight temporal reboots. It's a space it's a space pulp where the a ship the infinity 8 is traveling through space. They get stuck in a debris field and their captain which is a species known as the Tone Char, can basically reset time after 8 hours for eight consecutive instances uh, as part of their their physiology, and so he does that. We uh, we all recapped and gave love to that first volume and what happened there, where it was basically a, a group of aliens that that uh, feed off of, of of carrion and death. And uh, this this um, is temporal leap number two. The agent this time is named Stella Moonkicker. She is a uh, a blonde bombshell and. She's got a robotic partner, uh, and they basically have to deal with the reanimated uh, corpse of Adolf Hitler. Hmm. So um, there is a group of people on the the spaceship that uh, are self-professed Nazis, and it's absurd because they're aliens, and they... um, you know, one thing that's, that that I think is interesting that Trondheim's making the point here is that a lot of what we have interpreted historically from civilizations in the past is probably a bastardization of what it was really like because how do we really know? And in this case, these uh, people have totally – all the, the, the things they have come away thinking about the Nazi party are totally wrong. Like they have a cooking show and they have like reading club – And they really all they they think the Nazis were just this this group of uh, it like a social like a like a Kiwanis club or like an Elks club. Um, So they don't really know. Right. And it's it's all these different alien species. And they're a bit of a fringe club doing their thing. But then in this debris, which we recall from the first uh, the first volume is a a debris. It's a, a, a giant debris field full of dead things. They come across a old Nazi Rocket and inside the rocket is a the preserved head of Adolf Hitler and uh, Stella's partner, who is a an android, to preserve the head while they get back to the ship. Sticks Hitler's head in his gelatinous um, like cyberbrain area, and of course, because it's Hitler, he takes it over, and you can imagine the hijinks that ensue after that. So it's essentially space pulp, buxom. Buxom ladies with laser pistols fighting against killer Nazi androids—how um, could that be bad? So um, I won't go into the details beyond that. But it, it's it's another home run. I love that you guys turned turned me onto this book. Uh, I love the fact that we have another six volumes coming. That is incredible. And uh, if you all haven't jumped on board, this I, it, I got nothing to say to you. It's ridiculous. You got no no excuses. It is uh, a nineteen ninety nine retail price. So again, ten bucks if you order it, it comes out, or twelve bucks if you order it after it comes out. But either way, it's a bog and it's beautiful. And Vatine's art is is um, it's 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 definitely of the um uh if you've read a lot of Bond Destiny, if you've read a lot of European uh, graphic novels, this this will feel like a comfortable pair of pants. Uh, wild, oversized, crazy-looking alien species, uh, badass mechs with all kinds of crazy weaponry, and then beautiful women. So visually, it is it is a home run on every page. And um, is there ever a bad time to read a comic where Nazis are getting their asses kicked? So, exactly. No. So, um, For the record, mm-hmm. not that I'm taking notes or anything,
1: but... Um, This is the second time this episode you said the p word.
2: P. Pulp. That's the second time. No, I know. I know. Isn't it weird that a week where I think everything I read was awesome and I'm and I got a lot of pulp?
1: I'm just gonna sit back and grin. Maybe
2: age is maybe with wisdom you can teach a new dog, uh, old dog new tricks. Yeah, yeah. I don't see. I gotta save some time to besmirch Doctor Who at least to balance things out now. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> no, i got nothing bad to say about Doctor Who. Who am I? <laughs> I can't on Doctor Who? I'm talking about pulp books? Jesus. Huh? That's J- my book. All growns up. Jody's great. <laughs> yeah. All growns up.
1: What else do we have to talk about here?
0: I um, decided to... Um, way, way back... One thing that brought me back to buying comics regularly
2: on the regs,
0: on the regs was, um, was jokes out of NJ Palmiotti, given a few characters that weren't doing anything at Marvel and giving them an imprint known as Marvel Knights, where they got to be the editors. Oh,
2: interesting. I'm glad this job. line. This up.
0: Okay. And, um, And being a big fan of Joe and Jimmy, um, I enjoyed their Marvel Knights offerings. Uh, And uh, it is now 20 years later and Marvel is publishing, I believe it's a five-issue miniseries, with different creative teams, uh, Marvel Knights' 20th anniversary. And this is the first issue. Uh, written by um, Donnie Cates. Pencils by Travel Foreman. Inks by Derek Friedolfs Colors by Matt Miller. Uh, really nice cover by Jeff Shaw. Um, but I do like the second issue's cover based on the preview image we see. This is... This is something you can definitely, I think, at least it's what I did, you can jump right into it. There's no knowledge of what's going on. Um, The first page is a Matt Murdock in the rain on his knees, reaching out to a tombstone that says Karen Page. And he's thinking to himself, I don't know why I'm here. And he's trying to figure out who this Karen Page person is, why he's he doesn't know how he got here, doesn't know why he's here, doesn't even know his own name, how I can sort of see even though I'm blind. And he, he's just, he's, he's in mental agony uh, until a police officer comes around and says, um, you know, don't don't be, I'm not here to hurt you. Don't be afraid. I just, I need to speak with you and tell you some things. And even though he's dressed as a police officer, his name badge says Detective Castle. And he, uh, Detective Castle calls out for Daredevil. And Matt, he has no idea who this person is. Um, and uh, he basically says, You know, i Frank Castle, uh, Daredevil, it's your name, or rather, it's the only one any of us know. Something big has happened, everything has fallen down around us, and I need your help putting it all back. Um, Matt really doesn't know what to make of all of this, um, and uh. And Castle tells him that, you know, Banner said, we should look for you here. I I can ask him about the girl if you want. I don't know who this Karen Page chick was or who she she was for you. But and that hearing Banner's name stops Matt. And instead of uh, heading to the police car, the squad car where Banner is in the backseat of um, Matt tries to run away and Castle does catch up to him um, and when he uh when castle rips open matt's shirt you see his daredevil costume and that's when um you get a pretty cool splash page of uh of memories flooding back to matt with different um of different versions no, not different version but different eras of daredevil with his whole little um with his radar sense and in, in each in each circle, uh, you have the cover of, um, that Miller drew of, of Daredevil and Electra. Um, there's an earlier one by, um, Romita. There's the, uh, Marco Jojevic's covers when Brubaker was writing the book. So you have a, a pretty neat image, but, um, that, and that's when Matt comes to the realization that he's Daredevil and, um, fights back and takes Castle out. And escapes. So when Castle gets back to his squad car, he's talking to Bruce Banner, who's still sitting in the back seat. And he says that went about as well as the lunatic with the claws. Uh, you know, he woke up, but he still doesn't know who I was. And I don't know what the hell's going on, but we see Banner has a um, a note that uh, he's got a list and um, three names are crossed out on it so far. One being Frank Castle, one Logan, and one Steven Rogers. Uh, The other names on it are Matt, Electras, Tony Stark, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. Uh, So they're on their way to pick up the next name. And um, we cut to someone who watched all of this go down, who looks an awful lot like Bullseye. Um, Matt shows up at where he thinks his law office is, and he introduces himself to Foggy, Uh, Foggy has no idea who the hell this person is But this isn't Nelson and Murdoch This is Nelson and Walters And uh, Jessica is going to Put a stop to this And call the cops Because Matt climbed up The building and came in through a window Basically just broke into this law office So that doesn't go too well Um, Matt escapes We meet the Fantastic Four Um, Matt has a little bit of a a revelation and we um, we see we're we're introduced at the end of of, uh, we see at the end of the issue who's kind of um, we're not quite sure if this person is pulling the strings or if he's as lost as everybody else but there's there's there are a couple of, of big time Marvel baddies that that are an appearance in this. And this, this is just, I, I didn't even read the solicit when this was announced. I just figured I would check it out and no idea what the hell's going on completely in the dark, completely as clueless as, as all the characters in this book. Don't know what happened. Don't know why it's happening yet. Um, this is one of those things where you're kind of just along for the ride. And, and I, I really am. I, I don't know. Don't know why we're here. Don't know who put them here. Don't know what this is about. Don't know if this is some secret wars type alternate earth. If this is just in someone's head. um, But I, it was, it, it, it was an interesting ride. And, and I, I really, um, I, I'm I'm not upset about not having any clue. Um, I'm just I was just really digging it. it. It just came out of nowhere, and and I have uh, I I like that. Based on everything else I've been reading lately, I like just kind of just dropping you into something, and and we're all going to figure it out along the way. And and I I really. I thought it was a neat little story so far and, and it looks like the next part is um by Rosenberg and art by um Enrichon. So I'm I, I yeah, I, I kinda wanna see where this is going. I don't I have no idea. And uh it looks pretty cool and so far it, it reads pretty cool. I, I really don't have a um I, I haven't read Daredevil in a while. It just and, and even though Nobody knows what the hell's going on. Um, Donnie definitely had a feel for. He had a feel for Matt. He had a feel for Frank. Um, even though these people don't know who they are, these characters don't know who they are, and, and the readers are at a loss. I nobody nobody felt off, and, and I think that was a pretty neat, uh, pretty neat trick to pull off. I have fond memories of the original
1: Marvel Knights. Same. Yeah. I have, what is it, 19 issues, 18 issues? I have not bound.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's one series that I didn't read a lot of.
1: Hmm. And I want to. There's a lot, I remember there being a lot of Shang-Chi in it, too. Maybe we'll
0: see... Black uh, Widow was part of it, too, right?
1: W- yes. Yes. And Cloak and Dagger.
0: And I remember the Eduardo Borado, um, Images for
1: it before yep. he died, and Casada's covers
2: are phenomenal for that. Yeah. yeah, I agree with much of what you said. I, I, I think for me that this issue was um, wasn't held up by the art. I wasn't feeling travel on this one. I just, okay, uh, it, it just felt very spartan, like very thin, one-dimensional lines and very spartan. Uh, not a lot of backgrounds, but. It's not a lot of dimension to what was on the page for me. Um, I didn't feel like any of the characters looked on model either. I just like just felt like Fisk looked
0: yeah, Fisk weird. Was, he looked he looked he pretty. Was, he
2: almost looked he had like a pretty face
0: and like. But he he was also he, he doesn't have the the self confidence that we're used to having, and, right. and he he, he, he kind of cowers and yeah. um, Is is surprised way more easily than Wilson has ever appeared to be surprised.
2: Bulls are very skinny, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I am intrigued though. I am intrigued what's going on, whether it's uh, Matt's in a coma or like he's someone's fucking with his mind. I, I don't know what's going on. I, I, it's interesting that they have both Jennifer Walters in it, and and Bruce Banner is is the kind of the guide for this all, the one that's getting the visions. I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. so I'm I'm definitely pulled into the mystery of it. Nice, sweet, scusi, Scusi. scusi. I have
1: a, a a little bit more of the conceptual continuity. Again, it was not planned, and this it was planned. It, no, I swear it wasn't. Uh, it this, was planned. It's not. This is where the um, the Ahoy Orama comes in, because uh, I read their anthology, their horror anthology, Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Terror, number one.
0: Oh yeah, I, I was flipping through that. I didn't get very far into it yet.
1: It's so good, but there's a lot of names attached to this thing. Um, the horror host angle. Edgar Allan Poe actually tells these stories to the reader. It, the The issue opens, and Poe is in this dive bar, this horrible bar where there's people passed out everywhere. Poe is racked with syphilis. He's he's down on his luck. He has very little money. Um, he's coughing and vomiting in his hands his snot coming out of his nose and he's like yeah whatever i'm down on my luck but but i know why you came you want me to 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 terrify you with one of my stories and i guess i have to and so he composes himself and he launches into the first story which is the facts in the case of m valdemar and uh valdemar is a danish pastry chef <laughs> and and he he accumulate some renown but um he has an ever-present hacking cough and he can't get rid of it and and because he spews there, mu- he spews mucus and phlegm all over his pastries uh he's he doesn't uh reap any rewards for very long the guy's down on his luck so he what does he do he does what any um Foreigner does. He comes to America and tries to, to ply their, his trade in, in America. And, um, pretty much the same thing happens, but he hires a physician slash mesmerist, Dr. Schockenstein, to, uh, to aid his body and mind. How could you ever trust a dude named Dr. Schockenstein? Can't have it. I don't know. But, um, Schockenstein is pretty sharp because he, he discerns the exact second that Valdemar's lungs are going to give out and he'll die. But Valdemar has a son and this kid's like a bumbler and he, and he can't make it on his own. So daddy wants to last long enough to, to at least give the, the kid a, a, a chance to make it on his own. So he's like, Schockenstein hypnotizes him, Valdemar, and his cough disappears long enough so he can cook up a batch of pastries that wows the president. The president goes nuts, and, and he had this party, and everybody's like, whoa, these are amazing. So, Valdemar's on top again, and wouldn't you know it, he starts to die. His lungs are finally giving out, and he's like, I can't have this. I, I This fame is awesome. Uh, I, I got to be there for my son. You got You got to fix this. So, just before he dies, his lungs just almost give out. Schockenstein hypnotizes him into allowing his brain, all that knowledge on ma- making pastries, takes the forefront and Valdemar continues to do what he does while his body slowly decomposes. And there's a, a twist ending. That's that's pretty awesome. But the the there is a break in between the two stories and it's straight out of Warren. The, it's a beautiful black-and-white illustration of Edgar Allan Poe by Ryan Kelly, but it's overlaid on a single, hot, flat color, like Warren used to do. When Whenever um, Uncle Creepy or Cousin Erie would introduce um, the stories, like in when they did color, they would put it on a flat color and just let the beautiful line work take over. And that's exactly what they did here. So... The uh, the inspiration for these stories is very apparent. They're they're trying a, a Warren angle, which is okay by me. The the second story had me all sorts of giddy. It's called Dark Chocolate, and there's a Marquis de Coco, and he's famed for his delicious chocolate breakfast cereals. Pay attention; you're going to get this. Marquis is also a vampire. <laughs> Okay? Do you see where this is going? <laughs> his wife knows he's a vampire, but everybody else in the in the, the, the land doesn't. And the Marquis is famous for his breakfast parties. And he invites a bunch of friends over to to have breakfast. He's trying to pull off... He's trying to pull the wool over their eyes into them thinking that he's not a vampire. The dude looks just like a... I mean, he, when you see him, he's got the wolverine hair, the two points, and the brownish raiments. I mean... It's Count Chocula. And he, yeah. he, he invites everybody over in the middle. It's the morning, so the sun is beaming in through the window. And he sits at the opposite end of the table in the shadows. And, and who comes to the party but the Count DuBerry? And Count Barry has two sons, Franken <laughs> and Beau right? Uh, mm-hmm. And F- Franken looks just like friggin' Frankenberry and mm-hmm. and Bo is, he's not a ghost he's not Booberry yet but there's a point in the narrative when they offer um, Bo blueberries and he's like oh yes! <laughs> Booberry's blueberry! Come on! <laughs> and and Franken goes, what's in this cereal? And the Count says, marshmallows. He goes, ooh! <laughs> but the thing that made me laugh out loud was one of the guests is called the captain <laughs> and it's freaking captain crunch and, yes. mm. and it's this thing is beautiful right but there's a foil in the there, there's a foil in the duke l'orange <laughs> the, the,
2: the duke l'orange duke,
1: duke, duke yes. the duke knows that the marquis a vampire, and he's always had an eye for the Marquis's wife and he's during the, the the breakfast. He keeps he's coy, but he he lets it out that he knows that you know the the vampire that's been killing people in the countryside that's terrible. What do you you know? What are we going to do about this? Everybody's living in fear. Blah blah blah. And the wife is like, "Oh shit." Um, meanwhile, the the sun is rising, so the the sunlight starts to progress towards the marquee, right? And the Duke lorange is still playing his little game, and the, the Marquis is trying to be very stoic. And the sun starts to hit his hands, and he starts to smoke. Like he's 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 burning. He's going up in flames, but he's toughing it out. And um, the Duke lorange makes a uh, a deal with the Countess. He's like, "You come with me. I won't say anything because I want to get in your panties, and you're beautiful. And let let's 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 do this." So she plays the game, and there's a twist ending. But oh my god, this was so good! The the, the beautifully illustrated by. We have um, Tom Payer is the writer on some of this. Fred Harper's the artist. Then you get Mark Russell and Peter Snayberg. Um, the uh, Dark Chocolate was written by Mark Russell. Uh, it's just Hunt Emerson's in this issue, and like typical Ahoy comics, you get more than just the comics. There's uh Mark Russell Q and A, then you get there's there's poetry in the back, The Scallop and the Barnacle. Um you get your money's worth with Ahoy Comics. But I mean this issue just had me all all joyous. It's it's they pulled right into my parking spot with this one. And the cover's amazing. So if you like uh, if you like horror anthologies, what what Richard Williams did the cover, by the way. Check this out. This is more uh, anthology horror goodness in the tradition of of Warren. More lighthearted Warren, but still, it has that dark edge that that Warren has. It's just beautifully illustrated, great writing. It's value for the dollar. Why did you laugh when I said Duke (laughs) L'Orange? It's absurd. It is absurd. (laughs) but Captain Crunch comes to the is there party. there a brother named Duke <laughs> Captain Crunch. Ridiculous. He's all dressed in blue. He's got the big bushy mustache. It's great. It's awesome.
0: Lucky Charms back there. In one. There point.
1: is. There's a. There's an Irish-looking leprechaun dude that comes to the. Ridic. <laughs> oh, makes me so happy.
2: <laughs> so how about that? What else? How about it? What else we got? quick shout out to uh, DC for uh, they're doing a little event right now and I gotta say that uh, you know that can go astray like I've really been enjoying Justice League and they are doing a little thing called the Drowned Earth event which could have could have gone astray because I, I'm not reading Titans I'm not reading Aquaman and they all tie in together but because it starts Justice League number 10, which I'm reading. And then they were very clear that it was followed in Aquaman 41 and Titans 28. I picked up those and read them. Then Justice League Ground Earth number one, and then Justice League number 11. So I read all of them and it's a lot of fun. I, I have to say that uh, I don't know, um, how much of this is just pure Greenfield new or, or if it's stuff that we've seen before, but the long and the short of it is, um, there are – just as Poseidon is the god of the seas in the DC universe and on our Earth, there are other gods for other parts of of space and time that are ocean gods. And um, long ago when Atlantis was first forming, its first great hero named Arion, which is uh, like Orion with an A, A-R-I-O-N. Lord of Atlantis. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly, uh, was um, in an effort to uh, further their society. Had found a way to communicate with other oceanic species across the galaxy, and unfortunately for um, unfortunately for uh, Arion, he his attempts to connect with other uh, other races for benevolent reasons, ends up leading a bunch of warfaring groups to the earth. And as the story goes, he found a way to vanquish them. But, um, in some misbegotten exploration, uh, Arthur and Wonder Woman and some others come across a key that is a gateway to unlocking these, uh, other ocean gods from other parts of the, uh, space and time, three of them in in particular. And so now that they're back, they uh, resume their invasion of Earth, and with it, there's this gigantic Kraken type creature, and it acts as a portal for water. And basically, within a very short period of time, they flood the Earth. And not only do they flood the Earth, but any water, or any, any organic being that is in there, touches the water, uh, it's a, like a purplish, pinkish water, um, gets turned into an aquatic creature that they can lord over. So pretty much, like, almost instantaneously, the entire Earth floods and all of humanity gets turned into these creatures. Save for, of course, Batman, because he's Batman. And Soups is immune because of his Kryptonian physiology. And Wonder Woman being a god is immune. But, but for most everybody gets, gets including a lot of the heroes, get turned. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's evocative of, of, uh, of, of, of it's, so far, it's just been a, a fun, uh, very linear event. It's not too deep. I assume it'll all be wrapped up in a nice bow at the end. And uh, I've enjoyed it a lot. It's been fun. Um, The only part – because I was reading Aquaman um, until they did the creative team switchover. um, So I'm not too far behind in that. So I felt okay there. The only part where I was completely taken aback was the Titans, number 28, because I haven't read a single issue of Titans. But, uh, but it was more of a tie-in, so I don't know they really needed to. Um, I guess the Titans right now are reeling because uh, Dick, as we know from Tom's Batman, was shot by KG Beast, thought dead. Um, there are some other issues going on with the team as well. So Donna Troy is the leader right now, and she is uh, scrambling, but um, she gets uh, she, in this issue, as you might imagine, since it's a Aqua themed tie in, uh, Gar is, uh, back. Uh, or is it Gar? What's his name? Uh, Aqualad. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, Garth. Yeah. Garth. Garth. Yeah. He's, he's back and he's like, he, he hasn't been around the Titans in an age, but, but he does come back and he gets them to help try and invade one of the alien ships to, uh, defeat them and it goes tits up. It was a really bad idea. <laughs> it was a really bad idea. But, uh, but yeah I, that was a tie in I don't know that it was all that essential and um yeah, it's pretty dope man i gotta say i i'm 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 digging it I'm digging a lot and I will say that uh that even though like justice League has been fantastic and uh this does go through that like i said two issues ten and eleven are, are partaking in this, but it does all tie together, and um this is just another example of the uh injustice league um fucking just owning the justice league so far. I mean, the bad guys are winning big time so far in uh this year of the justice league and uh I love that. I mean, we know eventually they'll lose, but it's fun to see them continue to have the upper hand, whether it be Lex or Black Manta or whoever. They 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 uh they they all get the upper hand so far. I love it. And it continues.
1: Jason, I'm don't know if you know this, but Arian had his own series.
0: Didn't know that. Yeah, Bronze oh, Age. Way hey, back
1: in the day. Bronze Age series.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. There he, you go. And he came back in uh, B.C.X. Action Comics run. Yep. By Carlos Pacheco. Who dat? Who dat indeed. Who dat? Avengers
1: forever, baby, baby. Wonder Woman's been very busy. She's crossing over oh, with yeah. Justice League Dark, and now she's in this Drowned Earth thing, and it's just like... Visiting children well, in Batman, visiting
2: Batman's in a in a cast right now. He's in like a Bat-cast, because every <laughs> bone is broken. So he's pretty much just in like this, uh, what do you call, uh, like an Iron Maiden, basically. Wow. Yeah. That would be his name. But he's still got that, that, that Bat-mind. Sure. Nothing can keep the Bat down. Not at all. Yep. Let's
1: Look, drive. Do you want to drive this bus home? Yes. Wow. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> I, I expected it to be countered, but that's cool. Hey, everybody! You know the drill. If you want to get your books, get them cheap, get them delivered right to your door for a fraction of what everybody else is paying, go to Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, and you will get from Image the Jesus Freak hardcover, Joe Casey, Benjamin Mara, eight ninety nine. For a hardcover. What? From Dynamite, Turok, number one, Ron Mars, Roberto Castro, ninety nine, And from Dark Horse, Weird, number one, by Kurt Pyers and Antonio Fuso, is $1.99. Uh, In your travels, I want you to watch some TV. Ooh. What? Yeah, yeah I want to watch it. I mean, after you finish Doctor Who for the week... Go to Netflix, and mm-hmm. I want you to check out the chilling adventures Oop. of Sabrina. How, you finished the whole thing? No, I didn't. I'm I'm only like four episodes in.
2: That's me too. I just watched the fourth episode today.
1: It it deviates significantly from the narrative of the comics, for sure. And I don't think Riverdale. Yeah, but. I don't think the resolution of the Black Baptism is anywhere near compelling in the show as it was in the comic. That said, I think that Kieran Shipka is amazing as Sabrina. Perfect. I don't know who this this young lady is. Uh Wait, what? I, I Did you don't... watch Mad Men?
2: No. Oh, she was she was uh the daughter in Mad Men.
1: Oh. Well, she owns the character. She does a great job. And um, I I was tickled when I saw Robert Hack's artwork, all limited animation in the beginning. I hope he got paid for that. Oh, I'm sure. Paid well, paid well. Um, But no, and and Roberto Sacasa is involved in this. So uh, we know it's in good hands. It it was more, uh, parts of it are more violent than I thought it would be. Parts are more sexy. Uh, I'm not swayed by the high school angle because Sabrina is a teen, you know, and it does make sense that there would be a coven of girls, um, code name Wicca, in the in the school. Like, I, I, I that's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're they're dealing with some some real life issues there. But the the horror aspect of this thing, they're doing a great job. Like, I think yeah. the the devil looks great,
2: incredible, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, I agree. And that agree.
1: thing in the, the hay maze, or the straw maze, holy shit, mm-hmm. that was
2: awesome. It and made... her familiar is phenomenal. Yeah, yep, yep. I mean, when he's not in a cat form, it's yes. like the scariest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. You guys,
1: um, did you finish the, the comic, or at least get current with the, the first comic? first
2: trade, uh, is that the end? I mean, no, more? no, there's no. two
1: issues after that.
2: So no. Yeah, and no. but it, they trickle out. I know, <laughs> that's, yeah. I bought like the first three issues, and then it just just taking forever, so I stopped. I have the trade, read the trade, and I haven't. I didn't order the other issues. I guess I was just going to wait for the trade. Right.
1: I I just think they're pulling back a little bit because the comic is extremely grotesque, and and the fact that in, in at least in the comics, Sabrina's father is not the sh- the shining beacon of of uh, dadliness that. She makes him out to be in the show. Well, don't you think that's what
2: they're getting to? I hope. I mean, he sold he sold his daughter's soul on her new as a newborn, so he could get in where he fits in.
1: Right, right. But do you do you remember the resolution of the 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 dark baptism? Right in the comic. In the comic. I, I want them to do that in the show. Sure. I think that was phenomenal. It was a neat twist, and I'm hoping that. You know, she reconsiders um, in the show, though I don't... The time's not right. But I, I hope she reconsiders and that does happen. But if not, I mean, we'll see where it goes. But I'm having a lot of fun with it. I think it's, it's a very well-done show so far.
2: So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I think it looks exactly like the comic, you which do. is incredible. Yes. Um, and I agree. I think she's fantastically well cast. I like her supporting cast. I... um if I had a complaint it's it's a little it's a little Harry potterish with the school and like the studying of the you know I, I, like i it's like all right man i like it's just hard not to compare it to Harry Potter in that aspect you're right, yeah, you're right, um but especially
1: the familial a- yeah, angle on it y- too yeah yeah
2: but but uh but like you said, I think the characters are creepy, i imagine the the story the series will continue to get darker and darker. Yeah, um, let's hope. It's already been renewed for a second season, if I'm not mistaken. Sweet, sweet. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm digging it a lot. I, I watched the fourth episode uh, on my commute home tonight. So,
1: and from what I get from Nina, this Ross Lynch guy is some kind of pop star.
2: Who's he? The Harvey. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, so whenever, whenever Harvey he's a goofy looking kid, that surprises me.
1: Yeah, but he's good. I mean, he's a like, guy. I think
2: the, uh, the, the uncle, the, 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 black gay uncle that's stuck in the house. Ambrose. Yeah. I think he's a, he's a, he's a, like, I think a better looking guy. He's a handsome guy.
1: Yeah, he is, but well, um, he's, he's on the other side.
2: Yeah, no, I'm saying, but I'm, I'm I'm saying in terms of like, if you were to tell me he was a pop star or something, I would oh, be, oh. believe I yeah, See, yeah, I'm yeah. just
1: working within the, the narrative. I don't, I don't, I, I'll say, th- aside from, um, there's not many uh, actors in this thing that I recognize. I mean, Miranda Otto, yeah,
2: sure. Well, I mean, this, yeah, she, I mean, Sabrina is, I, 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 I don't know if, what else she's been besides Mad Men because she was cast in Mad Men as a, as a very young girl and then goes through her teenage years on the show. She has off to college at the end of the show. But remember the show age, you know, the show takes place over almost four decades. Mm-hmm. So she, I mean, she aged, I don't know how old she is in real life, but I would imagine she has to be, she has to be older than she's playing in this. Right. Right. But well, she pulls it off very well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't love the. Um, I, I, I'm I'm tired of, of these clicks of evil women where there's the alpha and then the others do nothing but just look hot and follow her around. I feel like that you know whether it be Mean Girl, like it just seems like that happens all the time now in these in these situations, and it's, it's just. I wish they each had their own personality. Right. It's it's just it's it's the really pretty black girl. I'm forgetting her name. Um, prudence, and, prudence, and then and then her like the other two are just cohorts. They do nothing. They don't speak. Like they literally do nothing but just follow her around. Right. You know. But uh, but yeah, the special effects are great, man. Netflix got some budget, huh? Yeah. It's where the money is. People be watching yeah, no that doubt. stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: It's great when you can. You, they throw a whole season at you at once, and you just watch it whenever you can. Yeah. If you want to watch. Me
2: excited for um for like the Miller stuff and for the live yeah. stuff. It just yeah. Just because, I mean, just because of the budget, I have no idea if they're going to be good shows, but but it just seems like they have the budget to do whatever they want.
0: Right. It's
2: yeah. pretty neat. I was pleasantly surprised how good it was.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Um. I was. Well, you're already doing me. Ahoy. Rama, so I'll save High Heaven number two for next time. And y'all are on high Ahoy's dick. They're good really. books. You yes. need to get some sponsorship from them. Seriously. Jeebus. <laughs> uh, so this is from Aftershock. And it is written by Ted Anderson. Art by co-creator Jen Hickman. Uh, this is Moth and Whisper. Hmm. And decided to try it out of the blue. Uh, quite happy I did read the first three issues. Um, even though, as I'm reading it, for some reason it f- read better to me if it rolled off the tongue as the Whisper and the Moth. But Moth and Whisper are, um, are two gray thieves. Um, Moth was a master of disguise, able to blend it anywhere. Um, she could uh, alter her clothes, her face, her voice whereas Whisper um, he was a different sort of infiltrator he was practically invisible almost like a ghost um, those he stole from would never see him uh, and uh, whereas where the moth had a thousand faces the whisper had none. And they the legend is that uh, they played off each other. Um, They would be hired for jobs. Uh, They would be hired to pull off jobs where they had to steal from each other. Um, But that was a long time ago. And uh, there is someone else now who is using the um the name and the not weapons but the technology, the the uh the tools that Moth and Whisper uh, both used. They so said this is one person and the uh it's explained as to how this person came into possession of the uh these two great thieves, uh, items, and that's and and this new moth and whisper um, has taken it upon themselves to bring down the person who they believe caused um, the end of moth and whisper. Um, it's it's a pretty funky little story it's set somewhere in the um I don't know how too far distant future but um there are there are are are, are it's got a science fiction angle that uh obviously isn't in the present day but overall I think Hickman's art is um Fits quite well for this particular story. I, I do like, I like the idea of some of the concepts, um, may not be in love with every character in the book, but I think it's, um, I think it's telling a pretty cool story. It doesn't feel padded out. It does. I I read the three issues and I'm not, you know, at no point that I think that they could have done this in two. It's, it's laid out pretty well. Um, and uh, I kind of want to see where Moth and Whisper are, or, or who uh, who did what to them. It's it's um, you know you get to the end of the issue, the first issue, and and well, even before you get to the end of the first issue, you kind of know who some of these players are. But um, once once that is out of the way, and we get to um, the main angle it uh it moves at a at a pretty pretty decent speed so i think um yeah i had no clue what it was about just uh figured i'd give it another AfterShot book a try and uh quite pleased that i did so moth and whisper check it out nice um
2: in your travels, I want you to make sure you stay current on our boys' Marvel book right now, talking about Scotty's Deadpool. Uh, issue six just came out, and while he is having the time of his life with his beautiful bride in Italy, uh, I'm going to be singing this book's praises. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about the first issue when it launched, uh, but we're now six issues in. And first thing i got to say that's super cool is... Um, credit to Scotty for not getting stuck in the I gotta write six-issue arcs for the trade because he writes a three-issue arc and then we get three one-shots through the first six issues. I love that. It was a nice surprise. So the first three issues um, are basically uh, a quasi-cosmic caper, a creature that looks like a sentinel had sex with a Celestial and then had a really bad case of the uh, Sniffles. Basically, it's a cosmic being who vomits uh, massive amounts of vomit and uh, spores and creatures come out of that vomit. Uh, And for some reason, because of Deadpool's very brief time as a Herald of Galactus way back in Deadpool team-up many, many years ago, which I love that Scotty uh, used because that's a shout-out to Uh, A series from God uh, at least a decade ago when uh, when uh, his good buddy who he introduced us to before he was a named a name artist, Ramon Perez, drew that book. Um, So it's kind of cool that he's going back to those roots. But anyway, as the uh, story goes, Wade is um, in possession of a cosmic weapon. It's the only thing that can uh, that can defeat this celestial being only. Deadpool was the Herald of uh, Galactus for like a a half a minute. So he he doesn't know that he has the weapon. He doesn't remember where it is. And uh, it's a bit of a problem because uh, Star-Lord sends a message to the Avengers and says, hey, this is the weapon you need to defeat this dude. And and they figure out that Deadpool's got it. But like I said, he can't figure it out. So there's all kinds of funny shenanigans. Deadpool's hanging out with uh, a bunch of nerds at this uh, food court. And, uh, they're, they're just talking nerd shenanigans and, um, I gotta say, I, I gotta take issue with Scotty cause he, uh, he, he takes a shot at ready player one cause I know he wasn't really feeling it and he basically smirches the hell out of it in this, uh, book where Deadpool's making the fun of the fact that it's, uh, it's just a book about, uh, reminiscing about shit that was cool 30 years ago that nobody remembers anymore. Um, <laughs> Which is pretty much what Ready Player One is is alike. Although I thought it was fantastic, but he's chilling out, and then all of a sudden Cap shows up, and Cap's like, "Bruh, we need uh we need you to get this weapon." And Deadpool, being Deadpool, tries to run away from Cap, and and Cap uh, nearly decapitates him with a shield, and then and then the other Avengers are there, and next thing you know is like Deadpool starts shooting at them, so Captain Marvel shoots her energy beams through him and and disembowels him, and then Black Panther cuts his face off, and Iron Man totally beats him down with his armor. And uh, it's just funny. Like, each of the Avengers beats the shit out of him. But uh, since Deadpool can heal, he keeps healing. And they're like, dude, we're not trying to fight you. Like, we just want to talk for a second. (laughs) Um, uh, Finally, he finds the weapon. And, uh, spoilers, defeats the the celestial being. But uh, as it turns out, it was all a big fagazi ruse. Deadpool wanted to establish himself as the go-to merc. So he went to a cosmic broker and had arranged for them to send this cosmic being to the Earth along with the weapons so he could be the hero. And With the idea that that would cement his status as the best mercenary for hire. And it works. And that all pretty much takes place in the uh, first three issues. It also establishes Deadpool's new status quo, which is that he has um, he's wiped his memory. Uh, he is a uh, Trying to set up a mercenary uh, for hire business in New York, Negasonic Teenage Warhead is his uh, assistant, and um, Shield Agent Bob is uh, also around. But then we get the one shots, and um, Dap, you may recall, Vince, I think you were with us too. Um, I should mention the first three issues were drawn by Nick Klein. Um, the last three, the next three issues are drawn by Scott Hepburn. Mm-hmm. And we saw pages from the fourth issue at New York Comic Con, and in that issue, uh, Vince, were you with us when we looked at those? Sure, you were, right? Yeah, that was the issue where he Deadpool goes into Weird World, yeah, to things. take out a hit, and he ends up uh, falling in love with uh, with uh, Man Thing's girlfriend, and they become husband and wife, and they have a army of Man Things, and they do battle with Morgan Lefay and her minions. Uh, and, uh, that is a visual tour de force. We saw the, the actual pages from Scott, uh, and, uh, they are just a sight to behold. Sight gags galore. Uh, Deadpool gets impaled by Archon at one point. He basically goes through all of the weird world heroes and villains, and they all beat the shit out of him basically on his way to, uh, to figuring out his, uh, his purpose there. Um, and there's a double page spread that kind of synopsis synopsis that kind of summarizes the, uh, a, a 10 year 10 years he spends in weird world. Cause the time there in weird world, for those of you who don't know, is very different uh, where he becomes the swamp King to the swamp queen. And, uh, it is just fantastic. You see all of these man things, you see these, uh, multi-headed shark creatures. Uh, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's, just, it Scott is, is on point. He's, he's getting his Kirby on big time. Um, and then, uh, and then the, the, the six issues wraps up with, uh, the final issue is this uh, villain that looks kind of like um, – I mean, in a way, he looks a little bit like like Deadpool, but he's got an insane clown posse type of mask where he's got this gigantic clown smile. looks very ominous, uh, and he is trying to get revenge on Deadpool because he blames Deadpool for ruining his business. As the top mercenary for hire, his name is Killpuddle, the Laughing Assassin. And throughout the entire issue, we don't know the guy's name, and throughout the entire issue, he keeps getting ready to take out Deadpool, and just crazy shit keeps happening that that gets in his way. Like he uh, he gets sent, and it's all like just happenstance. He's not it's not anything direct. He 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 gets sent into another dimension by Doctor Strange accidentally because Strange is fighting some um, some demons. Near him, and uh, he gets derailed by the Fantastic Four at one point because he's on a building ready to snipe Deadpool. And the Fantastic Four are fighting this giant Kirby beast, and uh, and knock him off the building. Like just things keep happening to him, so he can't get to Deadpool. And he finally catches up to Deadpool in a bar, and he's got a gun to Deadpool's head, and he is uh, monologuing as all villains do, and he says, "Uh, "I'm doing this because I need revenge because I'm Kill Puddle the Laughing Assassin." And Wade just loses his shit at the idea of the dude's name being Killpuddle. Puddle. Uh, can't handle his life. Just walks away laughing hysterically. And as he's walking away, drops a couple bombs into the bar and blows the shit out of Killpuddle. Puddle. Um, so just a lot of fun, man. Like, Scotty's definitely got a great sense of the character. Um, the humor has been topical. And it's been a, definitely a lot of, lot of jokes, but not in the over-the-top corny way that I think a lot of Deadpool writers can go wrong. Um, where it's just a a laugh a minute. Um, I I think it's very poignant. He picks his spots, which is great, and not at the expense of the action. And in the category of comics should be ridiculous, this is certainly being embraced. I mean, Scotty is embracing that, and he's he's no surprise since he, he is an accomplished artist himself. I think he has done a nice job of crafting scripts that befit Nick and Scott's styles because they are very different artists, very different artists. And so I love that he has seemingly been able to um, pick storylines that are appropriate for the kind of illustrators that they are. So yeah, my tip of my cap, I believe the first six issues will make up the first trade, which I think was solicited last previews, if I'm not mistaken, but I think you're right. Yeah, it was because I ordered it. There you go. Yep. So check it, check it out, On and on and on, rock on. Look at you.
1: All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us once again. If you would like to continue the fun elsewhere, we're on the Facebooks. We have our own little group there and the Twitters and don't forget the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash one, one O C L O C K C O M I C S and revel, uh, videos, audios, pictures, tons of stuff come there. Uh, in the meantime, Do your business and say good night.
0: (laughs) David. Mm. You're a freak. Night. You're never going to get it. And do the little scare. I'm not helping you. No, you're not. No. Nope. It's weird, though. I mean, that's just so rude, David.
1: Nah, I think you' pretty close on that one.
2: The waveform will nice. will, will display the truth. Ooh. Oh, one one other thing um, before we go. First of all, thanks to all of you badasses who did go out and vote. It seemed like a lot of y'all did. So much love to you for doing that. But a special congratulations to our homie Carlo Esqueda, who was reelected to yes. his his position. And uh, dude had like. But did they say? Like 200,000 people would have or something? Something crazy? It might must be this. everybody
1: that listens to our, our show then. Yeah, big time, right? Yeah. So thanks to all the EOCUs for getting Carlo reelected. Awesome. Good on you, Carlo. Congrats. So there you go. Another one in the can. Join us next week. We'll be waiting here for you with a hot and or cold beverage, maybe a sandwich. So come back because we love you so much. Say bye.
2: Later.